This is Monday, November 1st, and we're continuing our study that we've called Flourish as we're working through the book of Colossians. Now, when I have the privilege of working with a couple before they get married, that's the time of premarital counseling, I let them know that we're not going to have time to talk about everything that will happen in their marriage. But it's sort of like building a house. You can move in once the walls and roof are up and there's water and electricity, but likely after you move in, there's still a lot of decorating to do or painting or buying furniture. The house is completed, but all the work isn't done. Now, this is true in marriage. You don't really know all that you will face, well, until you face it. So in preparing for marriage, we work on the basics. Communication, resolving conflicts, handling finances, relating to their respective families, sexual intimacy, their spiritual life. You get the idea. So as we begin this section of Colossians, Paul is jotting down a simple letter to the church in Colossae, and he gives two brief statements for married couples. Here they are. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in everything in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. That's Colossians 3, 18 and 19. Now again, Paul is not writing a treatise on marriage, and he's not even really giving instructions on what a couple will face. So why these commands, and what do they mean? Well, first, he has chosen these simple commands because they reflect the nature of the gospel. The verse before this section reads, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's Colossians 3.17. Yes, he is telling them how to do marriage in the name of the Lord. Now, in our world today, there are many ways of doing marriage, living as married people. More often than not, we shape marriage to suit our needs, whatever we may feel they are. But there really is a way to do marriage in the name of the Lord. In other words, to do marriage as the Lord shaped it. Well, how is that? Well, we are told that God created marriage to show forth the relationship that Jesus has with his people. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. The two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. That's Ephesians 5, verse 31 to 32. Now, God established this pattern of a man and a woman described here for that specific purpose. Now, for that reason, it may not make sense to those who are not in Christ. Now, first, wives are told to submit to their husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, that sounds like the wife is to be subservient. Somehow, men are superior. But that's not what God has in mind at all. That little bit about fitting in the Lord is there because we are told that though the Father, the Son, and Spirit are equally God, the Son willingly submits to the Father. The Son is not less than the Father in any way. Indeed, this is the pattern for the life of God. Now again, as we have seen, marriage reflects the life of God and also the love of Jesus for his bride, the church. And as we think about serving, 
in the description Paul gives to the church in Ephesus, the man is the one laying down his life for his wife. I heard a woman remark about this, wondering how she would feel if the Lord told her she should lay down her life for her husband and to put his needs above her own. But this is what the Lord has commanded husbands to do to show forth what Jesus has done for the church that he loves. So what is this submission? Well, submission means to be a willing recipient of the husband's love. Think of how it must have been for Eve, the first woman and wife. Adam already had been in the garden for some time. When she arrived, she could do something on her own, or she could join in what he was already doing. Let's turn this question to ask about Jesus. Would the Son of God submit to the plan of the Father for redemption, or would he go another direction of his own apart from the Father? As one teacher on marriage explained, the challenge for men is always to be stepping forward into the dark, facing the unknown, taking responsibility for his life, loving his wife. The wife has the challenge of arranging her life, of receiving and welcoming this love. Now we must be careful. These words are not part of a gender-based psychology of saying that men are better at leading and women better at following. That's just not true. Often wives are stronger leaders than their husbands. Instead, this pattern reflects Jesus and the nature of the gospel and the fact that Jesus went to the cross for us. This is where the sacrificial love of the husband and the submission of the wife comes from. In Ephesians This is how Paul begins the conversation about marriage. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's Ephesians 5.21. Yes, this is the way of the gospel. Everyone that comes to Jesus is called to service, to love, and to submission. And this is what life lived in the body of Christ looks like. This is life according to Jesus. Life In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Faithful and loving Father, we're a people that demand our rights. We cry foul when our rights are violated, yet we see Jesus laying aside his rights to serve and love us. This is a way we do not know. Teach us, we pray, your way of love through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might do all things in the name of Jesus. Amen.